0: Welcome to Stuff to Blow Your Mind from HowStuffWorks.com.
1: Hey, welcome to Stuff to Blow Your Mind. My name is Robert Lamb.
0: And I'm Julie Douglas.
1: You know, milk is one of those things that we really take for granted. I mean, it's a certain amount of this is kind of an outrageous overstatement of the obvious, but milk is this amazing, nutritious beverage that is produced by a mammal so that a larval <laughs> mammal can uh, can grow and, uh, and develop and, uh, and actually have a shot at life.
0: Yeah, and yet when you think of milk, you should probably just think about the milk campaign, Got Milk. Yeah. Um, but if you think about it in a different way, it's, it's actually in the news quite a bit in the form of breastfeeding. And I just wanted to mention that it's, it is interesting when you think about breastfeeding as becoming this politicized action, because it is natural to mammals to do this, and right. yet legislation exists so that people, humans, uh, can actually breastfeed in public.
1: Yeah, believe it or not, um, the, uh, the the human, human breasts exist um <laughs> solely to, uh, to, to nurture another creature, uh, despite all the other things you see breasts doing um, in our media and in our art and in our uh, world at large. I mean, this is the one thing that they're here for, and it's the, the one thing that some people get uptight about and say, oh, that needs to, be, that needs to happen behind closed doors, don't pull that out on the train.
0: Yeah I know it's crazy uh here in the United States 45 states uh, the district of Columbia and the Virgin Islands have laws that specifically allow women to breastfeed in any public or private location mm-hmm. 28 states uh as well as the district of Columbia and the Virgin Islands again exempt breastfeeding from public indecency laws uh, no, no, and 24 states, including DC and Puerto Rico, have laws related to breastfeeding in the workplace. That the fact that we even have to have laws in the workplace to make sure that breastfeeding can occur is, is just kind of odd.
1: Yeah, because well, we're not talking about public urination here or or, <laughs> no. or defecation. I mean, this is this and uh, this is a, a this is not a, a waste producing act. This is a um, a a life giving act that's part of uh, the, the, the natural. Uh, mammal process so.
0: yeah and uh, as we discovered it's not just mother's milk um oh, yeah. it, it's also um someone else's milk but i'm not gonna spoil that right now i'm not gonna spoil that be. plot um but let's talk about what exactly milk is
1: yeah and this is this also sounds kind of like a, an outrageous question what is milk well it's it stuff that comes out of uh out of a mammal's breast it's that stuff that uh that you buy at the uh, the grocery market in the big uh Big containers. It's that stuff in that can that I take back to the kitten in the morning, and occasionally, accidentally, drink out of. Um, yeah, it's kind of chalky, you know. But, yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> but uh, but no. Um, yeah. What what is milk when you when you break it down and you actually look at the the formula?
0: Uh, well, it's basically a complex emulsion of antibodies, flat glo- globules, and water, and a fine dispersion of suspension or suspension of casein. Macellus. And these are proteins that supply amino acids, carbohydrates, calcium, and phosphorus. And the interesting thing about this is that fat, protein, and sugar content differs across mammalian species.
1: Yeah, and it differs quite a lot. Um, for example, the, the fat content of milk may be as high as 60% in mm-hmm. seals uh, and completely negligible in uh, the early lactation stages of something like a wallaby. Um And and you get into interesting distinctions there too, because uh, some uh, some mammal milk is just straight up, you know, pretty much the same formula nutritious from from the early stages of lactation through the latter stages of lactation. Other animals, the uh, the chemistry of the milk changes a bit as they go on, right? uh, uh, Fulfilling certain um, biological needs early on, and then becoming more nutritious as uh, as the Uh, as the the animal progresses.
0: Yeah, and in humans, breast milk actually isn't even produced right away. Instead, a substance called colostrum, sometimes called liquid gold, is produced before a woman's milk comes in. And colostrum is um, is high in carbohydrates, high in protein, high in antibodies, and low in fat. And it's called liquid gold because there's not a whole lot of it that's produced, but the the stuff that is produced is really dense, um, it's very thick, And it's great for newborns who find it difficult to digest at that point uh, because it does have that low fat fat content. And its role is to coat the baby's digestive tract with beneficial bacteria and act actually as a laxative. And and the reason for this is that it helps the baby clear uh, any excess bilirubin from its system, which if you didn't clear that would uh, may actually result in having uh, jaundice or something along those lines.
1: That's like baby too?
0: Oh, well, the term for baby poo actually is meconium. Okay, uh, but it's this bilirubin, this excess amount that that uh, the ba- baby's body actually wants to get rid of, and it does that through excreting. Okay, poop,
1: and this helps facilitate that process. So it's 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 like it's not not just milk as a a product of the mother as much as like it's this targeted. Um, biological agent that's really doing certain unique things uh, that we're going to continue to discuss here, uh, certain unique things that will aid that uh, new creature's survival.
0: That's right. It has a lot to do with immunity and just kind of setting up the kid's system uh, for life, really.
1: So how long have we had uh, mammalian milk?
0: Uh, At least 160 million years. And again, this seems sort of like one of those things you take totally for granted. Like, oh yes, we've, have, hasn't this always been going on? Um, but the Bovine Lactation Genome Consortium compared 197 milk and mammary genes from cattle in more than 6,000 mammary related genes with other genes in the bovine genome. And these genes were then compared with similar ones from a platypus, an opossum, a human, a dog, a mouse, and a rat. And they use this data to figure out that the most common ancestor of the animal, or these animals, would have lived about 160 million years ago. But mam- mammals' origins actually go back uh, to a mammal-like reptile called a synapsids, and that's uh, that actually occurs in the fossil record about 310 million years ago. So, 160 million at, year, at least.
1: Okay, and from there we see, like again, just a, a number of different varieties of, of milk. The nutritional um, uh, specifics of that milk is going to vary from species to species. Uh, so some of it is just really incredible. Like um, I was reading about the blue whale, um, the blue a, a newborn blue whale feeding just on um, on milk will gain two hundred pounds a day. Right, which is which is incredible. I mean, that and that just shows you the. I mean, the importance of the milk. It's like it's it's taking this fledgling creature, this um, that it, that by all rights and purposes is not long for this world. It mm-hmm. makes all the difference by just pumping just vast amounts of of, uh, of food and nutrient into the body.
0: Yeah, one of the things that the researchers found that was similar across all species is that the milk proteins related to secreting the milk remain the same. So that across species same thing the place where they uh diverged was the nutritional and immunological components of the milk and of course if you've got a baby whale that's gaining 200 pounds a mm. day it's going to be stocked in a different way with nutrients um so let's give some more examples of other species and what they're up to with uh with milk and breastfeeding
1: all right well uh this this is a uh uh, not uh, particularly scientific, but I found it interesting nonetheless. Uh, according to um, a Telegraph article, um, the milk of the giraffe is uh, technically kosher. Um, oh. <laughs> they're, uh, they're, uh, the um, Safari Park uh, Zoo in Ramat Gan, uh, it's Israel's uh, largest uh, zoo, uh, they had a, a team that took uh, routine samples of milk and found that it clotted in the way required by Jewish law for kosher certification. Uh, they submitted more milk for verification, so the rabbis weighed in, and they found that uh, giraffe milk, but also, and also giraffe meat, uh, was acceptable for observant juice. So there, there you go. You. Yeah,
0: giraffe on the menu. Um, okay, well let's look at our friends, chimpanzees and bonobos. They actually wean their young at the age of four or five, mm-hmm. whereas gorillas do about a year earlier. Um, and they, you know, anthropologists aren't quite sure why that's the case. Like why there would be a differentiation there. Um, you know, you, I guess you could guess that it had to do with maybe the society or the community that these animals are living in, mm-hmm. and right. um, some of the different things that they're up against. Um, but one of the things I wanted to point out is that uh, anthropologists have studied the weaning customs of hunter-gatherer societies, societies, human societies, and they found uh, significant variation within them. They um, actually talked about the Kung San of the Kalahari Desert. And they stop breastfeeding at around four or five years of age. Okay. The Hadza of Tanzania wean about six months earlier than the Kung, and the Achi people of Paraguay wean earlier at about three years of age. So again, there's there's this idea that human culture and lifestyles influence that. Now, here in the West, um, and this is from the Christian Science Monitor only an estimated 35% of American moms are exclusively breastfeeding their children at three months, uh, even though the um, American Academy of Pediatrics suggests about six months uh, to be the cutoff date. And then less than half of moms nurse at all at six months. Mm -hmm. So you can see there's obviously a huge decline in the West when it comes to breastfeeding and, um, and weaning. Um, and then, of course, the numbers of breastfeeding moms drop significantly as the child gets older as the child gets older and this has been in the media a lot because time recently ran this cover i don't know if you remember this, but it was uh, I think it was maybe a model who was still breastfeeding her child at yes. the age of
1: three yeah, it was, yeah, this was the cover that was kind of controversial, and it was one of those situations where via the internet, i don't know that I ever saw the original cover. Mm-hmm. I just saw various um Takes on it, and uh, uh, where they would like replace the the mom with uh, I don't know, like uh, the creature from Alien or something, uh, you know. And I forget forget what all the other versions were, but um, uh, but but yeah, it's caused quite a stir.
0: It did, and well, because it's it's uncommon, um, again, in in you know the West, particularly in the United States, for a mother to breastfeed at that age. But also, there was you know a firestorm of controversy because people thought that the way that it was portrayed, it was sexualizing the act. And again going back to breastfeeding and laws at least here in the United States it makes me think about how we sometimes really try to divorce ourselves from our animal selves yes and why this topic becomes um, controversial in the first place
1: yeah and you you do often see it I uh, uh, just thinking of, of various uh, like you know the sitcoms uh, movies even uh, uh, there's a, there's a character in Game of Thrones where it's uh, this sort of crazy mom character and she's still br- breastfeeding the, her sickly child at a very um, uh, in a fairly advanced age um, and it's you know it's it's depicted as something unnatural and kind mm-hmm. of monstrous uh, but but ag- but again that's from the the Western uh, uh, viewpoint uh, on the topic and uh, and certainly like like a lot of things that end up uh, disgusting. Uh, some people, it's it's the idea that anything that connects us to our animal nature, be it uh, be it something like uh, like breastfeeding or something uh, having to do with our digestive properties, um, it, it you know it, it 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 reminds us of our bodies in a way that we we don't like to think about.
0: Yeah and but of course, there are a lot of proponents of breastfeeding that are out there. They're again trying mm-hmm. to influence legislation and try to educate people about the benefits of it. The problem is is that um, not only do you have this this idea of the animal self that um, that people sort of need to try to get their heads around, um, but you also have the problem of modern society itself where it doesn't, it's not really set up to support a breastfeeding woman.
1: Yeah, and I mean, you, you end up with the situation. Yeah, it's not set up to support uh, breastfeeding women, and then uh, so it, and, if it, and if it is, it's something that's in a closet somewhere, right? Uh, and, you're uh,
0: referring to uh, a lot of work. Um,
1: yeah, lactation rooms, lactation rooms. So yeah. it remains this thing that you stick away in a closet, or like, oh, I'll do that at home, and and mm-hmm. so there's no. There, I mean, there's reduced public awareness of it, so it it remains kind of taboo because it's not out in the open. Uh,
0: Right, right. And maternity leave is pretty uh, spotty too, because yeah. I mean, it's like what six weeks FMLA Family Medical Leave Act that um, that you're allowed to take mm-hmm. um, unpaid, but uh, not every business actually um, will pay you or actually say, okay, take that six weeks and then take some more vacation time. Right. Um, so anyway, it's spotty across the board, and it's not really set up to do that. Um, okay, so I think that we have covered um, some of the basics of breast milk, uh, humans, and and other species. Uh, so we should probably take a break. When okay. we get back, we'll talk about whether or not it's possible for men to breastfeed.
1: All right, we're back. Male lactation. Uh, now, I've certainly heard uh, of cases where individuals who use anabolic steroids um can uh, can produce milk mm-hmm. through their nipples, and in fact, that's what I think of every time I see uh, a container of muscle milk in the store. I think of like <laughs> a big, big beefy, bald headed like pro wrestler just like squeezing off container after container and putting them directly in the fridge at the store.
0: That's frightening. Yeah. What is muscle milk?
1: Um, it is a it is a, a, a I, I've never had it, but uh, my understanding it's a like a nutritious like bodybuilding kind of macho uh beverage it's like uh like hey bro we're gonna go out and we're gonna let's lift some weights and then we're gonna have some muscle milk in the car We're
0: gonna dunk our oreos into our muscle milk yeah that's not very macho is
1: it it's just i I mean it's one of those things like it's not it's like oh it's a milk like product it's like muscle milk it's supposed to sound like macho and inviting but it sounds weird and unnatural Yeah, yeah yeah
0: which yeah I, maybe it is. Maybe it's not. Yeah. Um, but, yes, okay, so you, you know of it in that instance, right, where the body has been tinkered with a bit because of steroids or medication. Yeah. And all of a sudden, a, a man starts producing breast milk.
1: Yeah, or just in general sort of trauma to the body, right? You had a, yeah. an anecdote about uh, a former prisoners of war, right?
0: Yeah, Or the internment yeah. camp. Yeah. Uh- I don't recall, I just remember that it was World War II, they were starving, and when they finally, uh, started to get some nutrition, uh, started to eat, their body was so out of sorts that all of their hormones spiked, including prolactin, uh, which actually caused them to start lactating as well. And this prolactin is really important. In pregnant women, it begins to really sort of, um, get uh, flowing through the body, and this is in advance of this idea that you're going to go ahead and breastfeed. Right. And so your body starts to prepare itself, but this prolactin is produced by the pituitary gland. So the pituitary gland, really important, obviously, in producing this, and the pituitary gland can be influenced also by, say, an- another medical condition like a tumor mm-hmm. and uh, inadvertently start producing prolactin. That's another way that a, a male could start. Uh, lactating. But this is really interesting to me is this, um, these instances where men start lactating because of a, a dire need. And what I mean to say is that, um, they're in a situation where they're, um, the mother of their child may have passed away or be gravely ill. Mm-hmm. And psychologically, what happens is that this kicks up the pituitary gland into producing the prolactin. And so there have been documented cases of this. Uh, there was a, a, a case in 2002 of a 38-year-old man in Sri Lanka who nursed his two daughters through their infancy after his wife died during childbirth.
1: Yeah, and again, it's important to stress here that n- not every male mammal ha- even has the equipment. They lack both the mammary glands and the pituitary glands to uh, to get things pumping, but mm-hmm. but uh, but male humans have those, so it's just a matter of kickstarting them.
0: Yeah, we've talked about this before about how we're pretty much all stocked with the same stuff yeah. when when we're first uh, developing, and then of course hormones help to define those boundaries, those biological boundaries. Um, because you
1: can again look at the at the male human as just a necessary mutation, as uh, the female is more or less a species and the male is. Uh Uh, a take on that particular model to fulfill a certain evolutionary purpose.
0: Yeah. Jack Newman, he's a Toronto based doctor and breastfeeding expert has said that this isn't too crazy. The fact that men would have nipples and they'd have some breast tissue that Mm -hmm. would allow this to happen. He says up until a certain age, boys and girls as fetuses are indistinguishable. So women retain some remnants of the vas deferens, which is then, which then becomes the vaginal canal that sperm
1: follows. Mm -hmm. So
0: again, we're all sort of uh, hard baked with this stuff here.
1: And if we look elsewhere in the uh, the animal kingdom, uh, we do find at least one example of a mammalian creature uh, that has uh, parental lactation. That's, uh, that's males that are not only producing uh, milk, but they're actually breastfeeding uh, as part of uh, their natural behavior. And that is a particular fruit bat called the Dayak fruit bat, which you'll find in Malaysia, Thailand, and the Philippines. And... Uh, and it is the only known occurrence of parental lactation, where the, the males are actually producing milk. Perhaps to uh, that uh, the theory is that it's uh, to help alleviate the the lactation pressure placed on the females mm-hmm. in the fruit bat community.
0: Uh, okay, yeah. so uh, in certain dire uh, circumstances as well, in, in a different way, right? Yeah, I mean yeah.
1: it's. Um, I mean, it would be kind of like, uh, you know, on an evolutionary uh, basis, if it's like mom and dad, and like moms are super busy, mom has a job on top of looking after the kids, and daddy fruit bat eventually develops the ability to nurse them as well. It's like the the Mr. Mom, it's like Buster, not Buster, uh, Michael Keaton, was it Mr. Mom, right? Like imagine him as a fruit bat with lactating nipples. Wow. Yeah.
0: I don't want to. <laughs> uh, so, are you saying in the future, as women continue to um, dominate the workforce and academia, that men might start uh, breastfeeding?
1: Perhaps. I mean, I mean, it's uh, <laughs> it's it's the it's the sort of thing that that, that happens. So we look at the fruit bats as a potential model, and you could you could see that happening over a, a long period of time. Because again, we have the equipment. It's just a matter of kickstarting that equipment.
0: Yeah. And evidence of, of, of it, it happening, yeah. Obviously evidence in the of human it happening species. when
1: the need arises. So. Yeah.
0: All right. So, okay, that's breastfeeding uh, within your own species. What about this idea that we started to, not breastfeeding <laughs> from other uh, species, although some that does happen. Well,
1: Romulus and Remus, right? Yes. The a classic image of the uh, of, of the two children uh, drinking the milk of the uh, was it a cow or was it a sheep. I always focus I on the children I and the udder. I, I, I tend not to notice what the animal
0: is. let <laughs> see what the udder is attached to. Yeah. Um, yeah, so when did we actually start drinking other species' milk is the question.
1: So 7,500 years ago, we have these humans. And uh, obviously, up until an age of about four or five, they are drinking milk. They are drinking their mother's milk. Mm-hmm. But then uh, that the ability to consume milk uh, fades away. They become uh, lactose intolerant, okay, and uh, because they, they don't have... Uh, uh, what is called uh, lactase, which is an enzyme that we eventually developed that allows us to digest the complex milk sugar lactose. Um, without lactase, we are lactose intolerant, mm-hmm. and uh, consuming milk uh, causes uh, diarrhea.
0: Well, and it's inter- interesting to see that this um, this is coinciding with populations turning to agrarian right. societies. Yeah. Um, in other words, they're they're, they're beginning raising to cattle.
1: raise cattle. That, and, uh, and the cattle are producing milk, and, and, we'll find, and they'll find themselves in situations uh, probably where the, uh, there's, there's less water available, there's less food available, so what do you do? You turn to the milk. And when you turn to the milk, some people are going to uh, be able to tolerate it more than others. And the theory is then that uh, when times get particularly dire, the people who are able to turn to animal milk for survival mm-hmm. survive. And those who can't end up either having to starve or they're just, or they're dying uh, from uh, the intense diarrhea that results uh, from lactose intolerance. And and again, this is in uh, central Europe. We're not talking about uh, other parts of the world here.
0: Yeah, we are talking about pioneer agrarians who are based uh, initially in Central Europe and then moving to Northern Europe. So hence the pioneer part and hence the fact that they would have crops or cattle that, that weren't doing so well. And so they'd have to turn to the milk um, for nutrition. So, I mean, yes. it's pretty
1: crazy because it's um, – I mean, you think of lactose uh, intolerant. Like growing up, I just knew, like, oh, some people can't uh, drink milk. That's kind of weird, right? mm mm-hmm. um, uh, but uh, but but when you you know you become educated on the on, on the topic, you realize that it, it, the, the reality is a lot weirder. It's like at, at one point in our past, um, you know, seventy five hundred years ago, a genetic mutation allows us right. to drink the milk of other creatures. Again, think of milk as this um, in, immune system boosting, nutritious, uh, targeted um, fluid that is secreted by a specific mother. Uh, for her offspring within that species. And then we, pr- we suddenly uh, have a genetic mutation that allows us to drink from it as well. To, in a way, um, like, it's, it's almost like this parasitic relationship that we, uh, <laughs> evolve, uh, to have with our cattle.
0: Yeah, and the evidence is there. Um, uh, Using genetic and archaeological data, Mark Thomas and colleagues at University College in London were able to trace down the first evidence of lactase um, being actually used in adulthood to exactly when you see the beginning of the linear band um, caramic culture. Mm It's quite the uh, word twister there, tongue twister. And this is an ancient Neolithic culture, so you see that you've got some evidence there that this is happening. Then, um, and yeah, I mean, when it comes the choice between life and death, uh, you 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 know, these cultures are going to adapt. And as you say, we're, we're going to be able to then, oddly enough, change our our own biology to be able to handle this.
1: Yeah, I mean, like uh, when, when I have accidentally tasted some of the kitten milk formula, and mm-hmm. I should point it was in a can and not in a bottle. I wasn't nursing. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, off good, of it. good. But, uh, but you know, if times were were rough, if I was, if it was like, if there was nothing else in the fridge and there was just kitten milk, you know, I, I might throw back a can of it, see what happens. And it's the same situation, right? And then if it caused me to. Uh, have intense diarrhea i might die and if it didn't uh then i might survive and we would have a new uh breed of, of humans <laughs> that would take over the household who uh who can uh, handle kitten, kitten lactase
0: yeah. yeah very interesting uh this is a news item for about from about a year and a half ago but uh, scientists in china are actually trying to create cows who produce more human-like milk Ah. Which is interesting. And some people say this is not necessarily a bad thing because, um, you know, in, in parts of the world, it's very difficult to, to get breast milk, uh, for human babies. And as you say, this is, this hmm. is so important to their lives. And formula, from the beginning. Can, can be rather expensive. It, yes, yeah. formula can be really expensive. So this may be something that, um, may be readily available. It seems a bit odd. Yes. But, uh, there's definitely a need for it.
1: Um, I should also point out there are there are also scientists who think we need to turn uh, to other uh, creatures' milk uh, to depend on rather than cows. Uh, an international team of scientists from the Marine uh, Research Institute uh, in the Netherlands uh, they make the argument that uh, that whales are the answer, particularly the uh, the minke uh, whale, uh, which uh, has a has a, the milk from this particular whale has a higher fat content, but it's uh, but it's full of omega three three fatty acids. So. Um, uh, they've actually uh, conducted experiments with like milking pods for or milking bays for the whales uh, in the, in the fjords of uh, Norway, which is uh, which is pretty interesting. The idea that you
0: mm-hmm. might be able
1: to go uh, to the store uh, one day and you're not depending as much on cow milk, but maybe whale milk or wilk, or I guess.
0: I don't know. I feel like I'll, I'll have a little bit of whale milk with my herring. Just yeah. seems so I don't know.
1: And if you're staying kosher, you just stick with giraffe.
0: Right. Yeah. I see the omega three part because that's great for inflammation and, and mm-hmm. for keeping disease at bay. Uh,
1: but uh, the other thing about these uh, the, about the, the whales, I told you about the two hundred pounds a day that yeah. the, uh, the the baby blues are packing on. Well, um, uh, the the minkies that they had uh, in these uh, milking bays, they found that, uh, uh, that once they were hooked up, uh, the milking took about fifty minutes and produced uh, uh, one thousand six hundred liters of milk, or uh, two thousand eight hundred fifteen pints. Compared with a, a, a typical cow's 40 liters of milk. So. so,
0: would they just keep these whales in these bays? Is that the idea?
1: Um, I would hope they'd get to sort of free range a little bit. Like yeah. maybe they'd, 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 they'd get to, to swim around and then they'd come in and uh, and then they'd milk them there. Because, yeah, I don't like the idea of uh, keeping them. Well, A and whale, you know, yeah. imprisoned and producing milk.
0: Well, I was just thinking about cows and the way that those um, are dairy cows and the way that their milk is extracted and all the antibiotics and all the issues surrounding that. Um, so yeah, you would hope that the whales wouldn't have the same problems. Yeah, I guess
1: you'd have to herd them in or, or hire, uh, you know, some sort of traditional uh, like Norwegian uh, mermaid creature to do it for you. Oh
0: yeah. yeah, and they are readily available. Yeah, well, a lot of
1: them, as as we'll discuss in a mermaid episode that we're going to record, uh, a lot of uh, the, the mermaids that you encounter in various fo- folk tales are herdsmen or herdswomen, and they are um, or herdspeople, and they are tending to like aquatic bovine herds, uh, which I guess may be whales. So it, it all comes back around.
0: <laughs> all right, let's talk about some of the really cool healing properties of breast milk because um, we talked about the benefit to to the kids to the babies, but, um, you know, it turns out that, and this is very interesting, that breast milk has a protein in it that could, or rather a substance, that can actually kill some cancer cells. Um, This is from a 2010 study carried out by researchers at Lund University in the University of Gothenburg in Sweden. Mm -hmm. Patients with cancer of the bladder who were treated with a substance excreted dead cancer cells in their urine after each treatment. And the substance has been dubbed Hamlet, uh, yeah. human alpha uh, made lethal to tumor cells. It's interesting. Okay. And uh, laboratory experiments have shown that Hamlet kills 40 different types of cancer, and researchers are now going on to study its effects on skin cancer, tumors in the mucous membranes, and brain tumors. Um, and and this, this is the really great part about this is that these hamlet, uh, this hamlet substance kills only cancer cells and does not affect healthy cells.
1: Wow, so. well that's cool. And that just comes back around to to our defining of milk and and looking at it is not merely this food product that's like, that that is coming out of a creature, but it is uh, it is it is something that is. I mean, in a sense, it's like like all food is more than just the thing that you eat to satisfy what you're doing, and to I mean, it is the the thing that you build your body out of, and that heals the body, and and uh, and and that's what what milk is.
0: Yeah, and let's talk about third world countries uh, where where you have different diseases that we don't necessarily have to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, In first world countries, among the infectious diseases, diarrheal disease is one of the leading causes of morbidity and mortality, causing an estimated 5 million deaths per year in children under the uh, age of 5 years of age, Mm -hmm. 80% of which occurs in the first two years of life. So there was a study called Antimicrobial Activity of Breast Milk Against Common Pediatric Pathogens. And what they said is that the spectrum of antimicrobial activity of breast milk was determined using nine common bacterial pathogens of infants and children on in vitro assays. And they said using a commercial milk formula as a control, breast milk was found to exert bacterial uh, bactericidal activity in other words, killing the, the bacteria in these pathogens against Vibrio uh, cholera and bacteriostasis for enteric pathogens like E. coli, Salmonella, and Shigella.
1: Wow. So, again, it comes back to boosting up the, the newborn and just enhancing its ability to survive um, or, I mean, making its survival possible, but also boosting its immunity against other uh, potentially lethal uh, diseases and uh, ailments.
0: Yeah. So, there you go. Milk
1: uh well we should there's one there's one last thing uh that we should mention uh in talking about the um the evolution of uh of this uh, this mutation that allowed uh Europeans to actually drink the milk of other animals there's also the macho milk theory uh
0: oh yeah i forgot about this yeah
1: and this one is this is a this is not a very probable idea uh but it's no. it's so amusing that we have to mention it uh so the theory is that uh, you go back to neolithic times and uh, you know everybody's hanging out uh, the men are h- hanging out, and they're uh, they're engaging in these drinking games mm-hmm. with uh, with w- what's around to drink. Right? There's a bunch of cow milk not getting used, so they uh, they line it line some up, line up a few uh, I don't know bowls or skull caps full of this stuff, right? And they start throwing them back, um, you know, and seeing who can uh, who can drink the most without becoming horribly ill. And if you can if you can take you know several skull caps full of uh, of uh, cow's milk, and you don't get sick, then you're one of the boys, and you can hang. And if not, then uh, you're not very cool, I guess. But that's the theory that that, uh, that this served to uh, to kickstart um, our uh, our lactose tolerance.
0: I'm just trying to imagine it. I mean, ah, it puts a hair on your chest.
1: Yeah, it feel like, and it's the original muscle milk in this. Uh, this yeah, it is.
0: It is. All right, there you go, milk.
1: Yeah. So, and. Uh, Milk, milk is one of those topics. When you get into milk and breastfeeding, there are a number of uh, of topics that uh, that stem off from this, um, and you can really get into into uh, into into more lengthy discussions of uh, of, of culture. And uh, and then there's this whole area of uh, of lactophilia that we uh, we may uh, cover at some future point but uh but hopefully this will serve as a nice introduction and a reminder of of just how amazing uh milk is and how how it really uh puts uh, sets mammals apart and uh you know and why you should think about it when you when you have a glass of 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 real milk or, or or fake milk i mean that's the other thing to think about like when we we have like that glass of soy we're still uh replicating the experience uh somewhat of the uh of the the actual mammalian milk yeah I always think it's funny drinking. that we
0: call it soy milk it's like this psychological yeah. you know chasm that we're trying to you know breach because yeah. we're like okay I can't it's milk right it's white yeah um, but it's not milk but yeah. it's okay because we called it milk
1: yeah So, and uh, I'm
0: a proponent of soy milk so oh, yeah. don't get me wrong but uh, yeah, I find here. that interesting
1: well uh, tell us what you have to think if you would like to uh, reach out to us and um uh, and chat with us about uh, about milk as it's produced by mammals, as it's uh, purchased at the store, as it may or may not have played into drinking games in the past. Uh, let us know. We'd love to hear from you. You can find us on Facebook, for starters, where our uh, handle is Stuff to Blow Your Mind. And on Twitter, uh, you can find us under Blow the Mind.
0: And you can always drop us a line at Blow the Mind at HowStuffWorks.com.